imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. I am so glad to be able to welcome all of you to this week's Lead Hership Global Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And today I am so excited to be able to welcome Christy Wallace, the CEO of Elevate Network. We have a power pack discussion for you, and I'm so excited that each of you have decided to join us today. You know, small businesses are at the core of our nation's economy. In 2018, 30 million small businesses accounted for almost 100% of the United States companies, 99.9%. And these small businesses employed 60 million people, or nearly 50% of all employees at 47.3%. That's incredible. And from 2008 to 2018, small businesses accounted for, get this, 65% of total net new job creation, which is remarkable. So clearly, small businesses are at the heart of the U.S. economy. And in addition to that, small businesses are in a really unique position to pave the way for large-scale business transformation. These businesses are agile, they're innovative, and they're centered around community and values. And being the drivers of social good, both internally and externally, I believe that all of us have a duty to support small business. We need to address some of the main obstacles keeping small business, particularly those of women and minorities, from achieving sustainability. Now, not so surprisingly, these groups were also the ones facing the most challenges in our workplace. Both women and minorities suffer from unequal pay practices, the lack of advancement opportunities, and implicit and explicit bias at work. And even though entrepreneurship among these groups is absolutely on the rise, female founders still receive only 2.2% of early stage venture capital funds. That's crazy. Women of color in particular received less than 1% of VC funding in 2018, and it hasn't gotten much better in the last two years. So given the disparities in funding and access to opportunities, I got to tell you, it's absolutely critical that we support women and minorities financially in starting and sustaining their early stage businesses. I believe that this is a time where we need to harness the power of our legal and governing bodies to further support those organizations and small businesses that make social good a priority. In order to foster further positive change, we must ensure that our need for small businesses to create positive social impact is absolutely embraced by everyone. Now, I'm saying that absolutely from my perspective, but I will tell you, these words are largely those of Christy Wallace. She is the CEO of Elevate Network, and we are so excited to have Christy with us today. We couldn't be more thrilled, Linda. Thank you. And Christy's going to talk to us today about leading with your values and creating dignity and purpose. So Christy, welcome. We're thrilled to have you and thrilled to hear more about Elevate Network and your point of view. 
Christy's passion to support women's social enterprises has led her to become an angel investor, to advise entrepreneurs for underrepresented groups, to work with UN women as part of the coalition on developing the innovation market to work better for women. She's also worked to be a board member for organizations focused on workforce development for at-risk communities and to be a leader in the B Corp Women CEO hashtag we the change movement of women leading business for good. That was a mouthful, but it is so meaningful. Christy leads a community of over 3,000 certified B corporations working towards reducing inequality, lowering levels of poverty, creating a healthier environment, stronger communities, and the creation of more high quality jobs with dignity and purpose. Please join me in welcoming Christy Wallace. Oh, Christina and Linda, thank you so much for having me here today. It's a great honor to talk to you about something that I'm incredibly passionate about, leading with values, supporting small businesses, and helping uh, to, to move businesses forward. Gosh, this topic is just so fascinating, Christy. We're so excited to learn from you today. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to have such passion around leading with your values, especially in business. Oh, absolutely. And I love this question. I think it's so important that we share our stories and learn from each other. Uh, so my story, I'm, I'm going to start pretty far back, but I will quickly get to the present, I promise. Uh, but I'm starting far back because it has so such relevance to this conversation. I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, uh, southern New Jersey, very high population of small business owners. My father was a dentist. I started working at his office with my twin sister when I was, I want to say, about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, and then once I was able to legally work, I worked in a local restaurant for years. I loved those experiences. Uh, I did not have the typical, you know, big company internship. I, I earned my chops. I learned about being a manager. I learned about setting priorities, about how you communicate with customers, how you continue to grow a business, all hands-on working for a small business in, in New Jersey. So fast forward to graduating from Villanova, starting to work in investment banking, where I learned other aspects of, of business and financing, and then moving on to a startup. So a good bit of my experience is working in startups as we started from, you know, a big company that quickly, you know, during the financial downturn, had to do layoffs and then rebuild, to being on the founding team of a startup where we sat around ideating, what is our name? What, what problem are we going to solve? Uh, to, to today, as CEO of Elevate Network, which is a global community of women in the workplace, where every day I'm hearing the stories of women who are leading businesses, growing businesses, and facing challenges, but also seeing the opportunities that come with supporting one another, with advocating for each other, and with really creating systemic change uh, in the workplace and in the world. So my story is... Uh, is one that really ties closely to the experiences of small businesses and to the great value that they bring to our society. That's great, Chrissy. Obviously, you have a whole range of experiences to pull from that inform your current position as CEO of Elevate Network. And I have to ask, what are some of the main obstacles 
that you feel like are keeping small businesses, particularly those of women and minorities, from achieving not only sustainability, but achieving the opportunity to really thrive and grow and scale? You know, financing is a big piece of it, and financing means many different things. Uh, there is the friends and family round. So those uh, in your work that invest in the early stages of your company. Research shows uh, that particularly women and underrepresented populations have less access to those friends and family rounds. Uh, and that's where it's so important uh, that we do things like angel investing. I'm an angel investor through Pipeline Angels and Portfolio. We are specifically investing in women in underrepresented groups uh, to support them in getting their businesses off the ground, not just monetarily, but with uh, advi advice and insights, knowledge and expertise. Uh, two is looking at government funding programs, uh, small business loans. Uh, how, do, how are those allocated? What is the access to them as a small business leader myself? It is confusing. Uh, it's hard to understand what are the resources out there and how do you access them. Uh, so, you know, we even saw that with the PPP allocation um, during the most recent COVID outbreak and, and economic downturn, where many small businesses were saying they, they couldn't understand, you know, what was uh, accessible to them, how to gain access to it, you know, how to get in front of us, their bank, which maybe was a major bank and they weren't the top priority customer who was vying for their attention. So it comes back to the money, the financing, how are we making it more accessible? How are we making it more transparent? How are we providing the insights uh, and tools uh, to small business owners to navigate the ways that they can get that initial funding to get off the ground? And then once we have the money, it's about that support. I believe very much in, in businesses as an ecosystem and tapping into that community. So how are small businesses reaching customers? How are small businesses getting that type of support and buying, you know, if you're a local bookstore, for example, against an Amazon? Um, how do you get in front of uh, the customers and, and really showcase your value? So I think that we are seeing a big shift towards consumers looking to local businesses, looking to support local businesses, uh, to really do more around that area. But I encourage all of the listeners today to actively support um, women and minority-owned small businesses in your communities. Uh, they are the lifeblood of our communities. They are statistically more likely to invest that money and those resources that come from owning and running a business back into the community. So it's a great way to think about how you create and contribute to that ecosystem in which you're living. That's amazing. And I want to shift to, you know, something that sort of dovetails into what you just said. And recently, especially, you know, in 2020, we tackled or trying to tackle the issue of explicit and implicit bias in the workplace. And it's just such an important topic, um, both for small businesses and large corporations to really just, you know, understand and to tackle and to take action to do something. So, you know, unfortunately, both women and minorities of all genders suffer from unequal pay practices, the lack of advancement opportunities, and that implicit and explicit bias that I talked about a second ago. If someone is facing these kind of obstacles now, what kind of advice would you give them? And how can women take action to overcome these issues? Sure. 
So I'm going to answer this question in three parts, uh, one from a business owner, one from an employee, and one from an ally or advocate. So from a business owner, um, regardless of the business stage, chances are uh, you're focused primarily on your, your revenues, your product, your growth, a lot of those business operations uh, and, and things that require your time and energy that focus more on what your business does and how you're going to do it. But I strongly encourage you to think about your top asset, which are your employees, your workforce, and how do you set yourself up for success as your workforce grows, um, as they look to help grow your business uh, and to support you in this endeavor. So many companies, I can't tell you how many times I've worked at a company and actually have three children and um, became, you know, pregnant and realized there's no maternity leave policy. Uh, we just, they hadn't needed one or they didn't have one set up. And as an employee, how terrifying that was to try and navigate that experience. Um, but it comes into practice in other ways, like pay. There's a lot of conversation around pay equity and equal pay. And the reality is many business owners aren't really thinking about it in a structured and systemic way. You know, how are you creating pay bans and clear structures around titles and around um, uh, what are the roles and responsibilities? If you do that from the onset, then it really will help you to have the systems in place to support you as a business leader who wants to have a, a workplace that's equal and equitable. As an employee, it is hard navigating situations. Of course, it's difficult when there might be uh, microaggressions, bias, and you're feeling unheard or, or unrepresented in the workplace. And so I do encourage you to speak up. That can be hard. It's uh, your workplace and there's workplace security and wanting to take care of yourself and your family. But it's important uh, to find the ways. It can be just a conversation with the manager, with the owner. Hi, I want to talk to you about this experience I had. I'd like to share uh, what happened and see how we might work together to, to resolve this, to move forward. Uh, your voice is so incredibly important. And I hope that you are working in a place in which your voice is heard and, and matters. There's a lot of great resources out there, including through Elevate Network. Uh, that looks at ways in which we can advocate for ourselves in the workplace, but also ways in which managers can be more inclusive. How managers can really think about supporting their teams in their full identities and creating a workplace that is inclusive. And finally, as advocates and allies, and that's leading in from the manager aspect, all of us have a role to play to speak up for someone else. And it's so important that we do. If it's someone who's being spoken over in a meeting or maybe had an idea that is not attributed to them, if you're seeing uh, different uh, microaggressions, how do you take action on that? There's a number of ways you could, in the moment, call it out. Do it in a way that's authentic to you. You could just say, hey, listen, I know you didn't, maybe you didn't mean to, to cut off Christy, but you did, and I would love to hear what she has to say. Or thank you, John, for expanding on Christie's idea. That was great. Or you can pull John aside. Say, hey, John, I noticed this. I really think it's important that we resolve this. 
So I, I think that there's um, many ways which we can be advocates for others. We can stand up for them. And that's what's so important and what's so valuable about our society is the power of coming together, of paying attention, of understanding, and of taking action. And the last thing I would encourage all of us to do is continue to do the work. Continue to read books, listen to podcasts, read articles from diverse perspectives. Explore your identity, explore your privilege, and then constantly put the work in to understanding how you can support others, uh, how you can better understand their experiences, and through that, do a better job of being an advocate, of being an ally, of being a manager, of being a business leader. We all have work to do, but it's incredibly important that we continue to make strides in that arena. I love that, Chrissy. And and what wonderful insight, great guidance, um, incredibly valuable sort of encouragement, I think, for everyone. I have I have a question for you. You know, the the topic today that we're talking about is leading with your values and creating dignity and purpose. So tell us the story of a time where you were able to create that for someone. You were able to lead your values and create dignity and purpose for someone, a coworker, or you saw that in play in your workplace. You saw a story unfold of a group of people or perhaps a leader who created dignity and purpose for a coworker by leading through their values. So I'll say as a leader, uh, a big experience for me was when we became a B Corp. And for those that don't know, B Corps are for-profit businesses focused on social good. You may know Ben and Jerry's, Warby Parker, Athleta, Allbirds, um, a host of other companies, Eileen Fisher, who are all B Corps. And why this really was an important and pivotal moment for me as a leader is when we went through the assessment for becoming a B Corp, there's a number of criteria. You're looking at your governance structure, at the pay differential between the highest paid person and the lowest paid person. You're looking at your programs and policies to support your employees, not just maybe paid time off, but paid volunteer time off, paid time off to vote. Or is it around uh, access to health care or parental and caregiver, caregiver leave? We were looking at our impact on the environment, which, to be honest, hadn't really crossed my mind. We are an internet and primarily internet based business. But you start to see about incentivizing employees public transit or a city bike membership. You think about your paper waste and other ways in which you're impacting the environment. So across all of the spectrum around, you know, your governance, your employees, how who you're serving and how you're serving your customers, the environment, it started to create this lens of all of the opportunities we had to do better, to show up better to create more structure around our values, around our impact, around our customers and the people we're serving. And it, it reframed things for me in a way that was eye-opening. Because when you start to ask yourself these questions, you realize what you're doing, which in, in many cases is, is great work, but how much more you can do and how attainable that is to do that work. So I'll say when Elevate first became a B Corp, uh, I want to say it was about 2015, 2016, 
we had a score. You get a score. I think our score is about 80. And when we recertified two years later, we were able to increase our score to 115 or over 100. And at the same time, we doubled our revenues. So for me as a business leader, that was showing not only was I creating a business that was more sustainable, that was more impactful, that was doing more for my employees, for my customers, and for the world, but it was also a business that was growing rapidly. And I don't think that those two points are disparate. I think they go hand in hand. Because when you're really investing in your employees, creating that inclusive and supportive culture, and in your and in the work that you do every day, that translates to revenues and that translates to business growth. So a specific story, I mean, there's so many. Uh, and, and I have to say that after all of that, we're continuing to do the work as an organization. We continue to push ourselves and I continue to push myself to do better and to grow. I sometimes screw up, you know, I make missteps. I think all of us are due, we're, are due, we're humans. Uh, but what's important as a leader is to acknowledge that and to keep working towards excellence, to con- keep working towards that purpose and those values. We do have values that elevate and we look at them through everything that we do. Values around authenticity, around action. There's power and diversity. Using the most respectful interpretation always, which is important in an increasingly digital world. But all of these values translate to me, to my values, to what I care about. What I care about most is supporting the people that I work alongside every day. Without them, I wouldn't be the leader I am. And I'm thankful for, for them and for what they do. That's awesome. I mean, I could just listen to you talk about uh, purpose-driven companies and your journey um, with Elevate, like, forever. So I'm fascinated by it. And I think, you know, you brought so much to the conversation today, Christy. Thank you. And there's so much more to learn. And so... If you could give our listeners your best piece of leadership advice on your journey with Elevate, what what would you want to leave with them today? I would say to be curious. Always be curious. I um, I have to say, I haven't held myself to that own advice in the past couple months uh, with COVID and and what's happened in our world. I I became distracted um, and. You know, they always say, put your own oxygen mask on first. And I certainly wasn't doing that. I was running from homeschooling to leading to living um, and adapting. And I wasn't as curious as I typically am. Reading books, exploring identities, different stories, uh, different industries and companies, different ways of solving problems. Across the world, we, we can, you know, become so accustomed and so comfortable in our own bubble and growing outside of that and being curious and learning more is incredibly important. So I would say be curious because it makes you a stronger leader. It makes you a stronger person. It helps to open your eyes to the opportunities you didn't know existed and to new ways to solve those opportunities. In the world we're currently in, I believe that great disruption, great turmoil, leads to great innovation, to great change. And I choose to believe that now is the time where we're going to see things progress forward. I know a lot of the data talks about how things are going backwards, but I really honestly believe that the people who are running our businesses today, 
those leaders who are leading with values as small business leaders and all of you watching today are the leaders of the future. You're the change makers. You will continue to make this world a better place. And I am very thankful to you for doing that. Christy, thank you so much for your time today. We are really grateful for your sharing your wisdom, sharing your insight and helping lift all of us up thinking differently and perhaps a bit more sensitively around the issues facing women and minorities of both genders. Um, and we all, I think, have a lot of growth to do in that area. And so I would say that today, not only did I learn a lot, but I certainly have been inspired. So thank you, Christy, so much for bringing your, your insight, your expertise, and your experience to not only Christina and I, but to all of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you for the important work that you are doing uh, to support communities and to lift up specifically women in business. Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.